Hello, Dork Squad. I'm Jonathan Cormer, and you're listening to Dork Tales Storytime, the podcast for kids and their pop culture-loving grown-ups. And this is an inspiring story about a hidden hero of history. It's a beautiful day for a story, adventure and glory, new friends and old ones too. It's an excellent day to get swept away in a tale, so let us regale you. Ahoy, mateys! All hands on deck! Aye, aye, Captain. All hands on deck. Batten down the hatches! Aye, sir. Batten down the hatches. We got a mighty storm rolling in. Listen to the cabin. There's a storm rolling in. Prepare for the storm. Ah, shiver me timbers. The sea is mighty angry tonight. <laughs> and old Davy Jones' locker is a calling. Yes. Heed these powerful words. For he is the pirate king. And it is, it is a glorious thing to be a pirate king. He is the pirate king. Jonathan. I, uh, uh, I mean, yes? You're supposed to say hoorah. Oh, uh, sorry about that. Uh, sh- should I do it in my pirate voice or my regular voice? Uh, regular's fine. Uh, okay, um, uh, 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 go-, go ahead again. No problem, mate, no problem. Um, For he is the pirate king, hurrah, hurrah for the pirate king. And it is, it is a glorious thing to be a pirate king. It is hurrah for the pirate king, hurrah for the pirate king. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. Time out, time out. Is that... Are you singing the Pirates of Penzance by Gilbert and Sullivan? (laughs) Why, no, Jonathan, don't be silly. (laughs) It's the Pirates of Panache, of course. Oh, wait, the Pirates of what? Well, when you said that we were going to set sail like a merry band of pirates to get into the seafaring spirit for our next tale, yeah. Well, I simply thought of the opera I'm writing. The Pirates of Panache. The Pirates of Panache. It's loosely based on the Pirates of Penzance, but I felt the content wasn't quite relatable enough. Relatable enough to... Why me, of course. (laughs) You see, I finished my musical, uh, Sweeney Toad. You know the one about the nice frog barber who sings songs? Oh, right, right. Well... After learning about Angela Peralta, I thought I'd try my hand at opera. Oh, sounds fun. I wrote a most excellent part for me. Do you want to hear one of my tunes? Sure. All right, here we go. I am the very model of a hedgehog most spectacular. I have information interesting and the best vernacular. I know the photo forest and I quote the tales historical from little red to gold equals in order categorical. I'm very well acquainted, too, with matters mathematical. I built a palm with glimmer that is absolutely radical. About the magic goings-on, I'm teeming with a lot of news. Like stories about hidden elves appearing to cobble new shoes. 
I'm very good at storytelling. Musin's quite hilarious. I hope the children listening will find me most gregarious. In short, of matters interesting and a touch oracular. I am the very model of a hedgehog most spectacular. Wow. Bravo, Reg. Bravo. That's actually really good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm really feeling the seafaring and storytelling spirit right now. And speaking of information interesting, perhaps it's time to talk about our next hidden hero of history. <laughs> Ida Lewis. Aye, aye, Cap'n. Now, Ida Lewis wasn't a pirate. What? Then why were we pretending to be pirates? I just wanted to set the tone. You know... Look out upon the horizon from the bow of the ship. Feel the ocean breeze. It's just because you like pirates, isn't it? Well, yeah, <laughs> there's that. But there is a storm in our story, and our imaginary ship would likely have relied on a lighthouse for navigation. Maybe even the lighthouse where Ida Lewis lived and worked. Ida Lewis was a lighthouse keeper. That's right. She was born in Newport, Rhode Island in 1842, and eventually ended up as a lighthouse keeper on a nearby island. Ooh, wonderful. Uh, tell me more about her. Why don't we start by talking a little bit about lighthouses, and the job of a lighthouse keeper. Righto, mate. <clears throat> lighthouses are towers, buildings, or other types of structures designed to emit light from a system of lamps and lenses. They once were beacons that ships used to help with navigation, and they often marked dangerous coastlines so ships could avoid crashing. Yes, and they helped ships find safe harbor as they returned from being at sea. That's really good, Reg. How do you know all of this? Well, the land we live in, uh, once upon a time, of course, of course, has a lighthouse out on the western shores of the Fantasy. Wow. Yes, the lighthouse keeper there is Tilly Twinkledotter, the otter. We visit from time to time when I vacation by the beach. Then you must know what a lighthouse keeper does. As a matter of fact, I do. Do tell. Well, nowadays... It seems as though technology has made it so lighthouses and their keepers are mostly retired. Let's go back to a time before technology, when lighthouses had oil-burning lamps. Righto! Lighthouses did use oil-burning lamps once, with a system of lenses and reflectors to focus the light. Lighthouse keepers had to light the lamps to make sure it kept burning throughout the night. They also had to clean those lenses and reflectors so the light would shine bright. And that's exactly what Ida Lewis's father did. Oh? Yep. When he was appointed as a lighthouse keeper of Lime Rock Light, a lighthouse on a small island called Lime Rock, near where Ida Lewis was born, he moved his family there in 1857. Oh, I thought Ida Lewis was our hidden hero today. Oh, absolutely. Lighthouses were often found in very remote places, where it was difficult to hire a crew of people willing to live and work on location. So the job tended to be a family affair. 
Ah, yes, of course. Most lighthouse keepers in Ms. Lewis's time were men, but families would take on a lot of the work to make sure that they could complete their tasks. Cleaning, keeping records, getting supplies. That's right, Reg. And often, women and daughters of lighthouse keepers would eventually take over the job, even though many were not officially recognized when they did. Ooh, that seems preposterous. Too true, my friend. Now, shortly after arriving on the small island, Ms. Lewis's father became very ill, and her mother was appointed as Lime Rock Lights Keeper. This meant that at the young age of 15, Ms. Lewis began assisting her mother with the lighthouse keeper's duties, while also helping to take care of her family. An amazing responsibility! That was also around the age she became known as the best swimmer in Newport. Really? How did this come about? Lime Rock was completely surrounded by water, and the only way to reach the mainland of Newport was by boat. Ooh, now that is intimidating. Not for Ms. Lewis. She rode her younger siblings to school every weekday in her skiff. Or small rowboat. Exactly. And she fetched supplies from town whenever they were needed. She was excellent in the water. Who I could never... Have you seen my little arms? I could barely reach the oars. Oh, I don't know, Reg. I've seen you dance in a ballet, surf, cook a mean risotto. You can do some pretty awesome things. Hmm. You're right. I am very cool. But enough about me. Tell me more about Ms. Lewis. Now, this is where we really get into Ida Lewis's extraordinary legacy. Ooh! I shall now commence with telling the tales of Ida Lewis and her heroic acts of daring do. Ooh, I'm on the edge of my seat. In 1858, four teenage boys were traveling around the bay near Lime Rock Light. One decided to climb the mast of the boat, or a toll post on a boat that carries the sail. And the boat capsized. It turned over in the water? Yes. Ms. Lewis got into her skiff, rowed out to them, pulled them in her boat, and saved all four of them. All four? That's right. Wow! What an incredible tale! I say, I'm truly inspired. Oh, but wait! There's more! But more? Ida Lewis often rescued soldiers traveling to and from Newport. Her next rescue was in 1866. Two rescues? That is absolutely... There's more. I... It, more? During her life, Ms. Lewis rescued at least 18 people, but it's possible that number is closer to 25. Absolutely incredible! During Run Rescue, she went out to help three men who were in danger because they had been trying to save a sheep during a very strong wind. A, 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 a sheep? Yep, a sheep. When Ida Lewis got the three men to shore safely, they begged her to row back out in the wind and save the sheep. So she turned around and knowing she wouldn't be able to lift the sheep into the boat, 
she tied it to her skiff and towed it back to shore. (laughs) Ingenious! There were so many amazing rescues that Ida performed in her life. She pulled men out of ice while wearing a dress, which would have been quite heavy during her time, with multiple layers of fabric. She helped a man get his foot unstuck from the bottom of a rowboat when he unwisely decided to stand up. Oh, what in the world? Stand up all in a rowboat? Yep. Foot broke right through the bottom of the boat and got stuck. She also gave out dry clothes, treated folks for hypothermia, such heroic acts of daring do. At the age of 27, she carried out her most famous rescue yet. It was during a snowstorm, and she was sick with a cold. Wait, sick? And she went out in the storm? Two soldiers were in danger of drowning and were spotted by Ms. Lewis's mother. Without stopping to put on her coat or boots, Ms. Lewis rode out into the snowstorm and saved both soldiers. After the rescue, she had to spend time recovering from hypothermia and frostbite on her feet. It is amazing that she went out into the icy waters when she herself was sick. That reminds me of a quote from Ms. Lewis herself. If there were some people out there who needed my help, I would get into my boat and go to them. Even if I knew I couldn't get back. Wouldn't you? It takes a very strong and remarkable person to achieve such a view on life. I agree. Well, what happened to Ms. Lewis next? After the snowstorm rescue, Ida Lewis became incredibly famous. She became known as the bravest woman in America. People wrote to her, sent her gifts, depicted the rescue in their artwork. She was even visited by President Ulysses S. Grant in Newport. Who, the president, you say? That's right. The city of Newport renamed the 4th of July in 1869 as Ida Lewis Day. Money was raised to build her a rowboat named The Rescue. But it was, uh, pretty fancy and ultimately impractical. So she stuck with her trusty skiff? She did indeed. There was such a media frenzy around Ms. Lewis's rescue that in the summer of 1869 alone, about 9,000 visitors came to her very small island of Lime Rock. Some even staged their own peril in the hopes of getting rescued. (laughs) All right, now, I've been known to be a little, uh, dramatique. A little? Yes, a little. But even I wouldn't do that. Ah, it is pretty wild. Did Ms. Lewis enjoy her fame? Mostly, no. She tried to stay out of the limelight. Must have been hard, because she was so awesome and everyone wanted to meet her? No, because she worked at a lighthouse. Uh, oh, oh, Reginald. <laughs> She made more rescues later in her life and continued her daily work as a lighthouse keeper, but she still was not officially recognized as the lighthouse keeper at Lime Rock. That wouldn't happen until 1879, 
a few decades after she had started shouldering most of the responsibility for the job. Finally receiving her due. That's right, Reg. Ms. Lewis was honored with medals and other recognitions during her lifetime. Much later, in 1924, Lime Rock was renamed Ida Lewis Rock. Then the lighthouse itself was renamed Ida Lewis Lighthouse. That is a great honor, since lighthouses are usually only named after their geographic features. Yeah, that's right. Ms. Lewis is the only lighthouse keeper to have ever been honored this way. Wow! She spent much of her later years on the island alone, with some help from one of her surviving siblings. But she said this about the job and the boats she saw from her island. It's part of my happiness to know they are depending on me to guide them to safety. You know what? I absolutely love that, Jonathan. Me too, Reg. What a tale! What a hero! She really embodies that word, doesn't she? That she does. Now, come along, Jonathan. Oh, where are we going? To get some paper, pencils, and, uh, uh, please, uh, find me a Steinway piano. You can play piano? Well, of course not. I just like being in the same room as one while I write. Oh. Well, you going back to work on the Pirates of Panache? Nonsense. Nonsense? Why would I write about the Pirates of Panache when I can write about the Lighthouse Keeper at Lime Rock? Oh. Yes, I'm thinking of a, a stage full of lights. I mean, obviously, you know, being a lighthouse and all. Oh, do you think we can get waves of water on stage or, or a snowstorm? Wait, you want to put an ocean and a, a snowstorm on stage? Start brainstorming. Oh, I'll also need a skiff. Maybe Tilly can help me with sets and costumes. Oh, there's a lot of work to be done. Come, come, Jonathan, there's no time to waste. Away, away, my heart's on fire. Yes, yes, we go. Ta-da-ta-da! Wait, wait, Reg, hold on. Ta-da-ta-da! 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 I... 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 I do. You know what? I'm just gonna go find you a skiff. For he is the pirate king. Hurrah! Hurrah for the pirate king. And it is, it is a glorious thing to be a pirate king. It is hurrah for the pirate king. Hurrah for the pirate king. Hidden Heroes of History is a John in Character production. This story was written by Molly Murphy and performed by Jonathan Cormer. Sound recording and production by Jermaine Hamilton at Hamilton Sound Studios. Reach out to us on Instagram or email us at dorktalestorytime at gmail.com. Find links in the show notes or go to dorktalestorytime.com. Now, go be the hero of your own story, and we'll see you next Once Upon a Time. So gather your squad for all.